Hey, hey, pee popping. Pee popping? No pee popping? No pee popping. That's absolutely wonderful. Better. Poly level. Hello. Oh, Jesus frick, man. What? Oh, you turned oh, it up for. Oh, God's sake. I'm sorry. I still had it set for Brian. Oh, oh that one. And that's not how I talk either. I talk like this. Bip, bip, boop, bip, boop, bip. There you go. That's perfect. Today on the Geek Up Podcast, Super Nintendo World will open in Japan in 2020. Woohoo! Birds of Prey has a trailer, and it looks crazy. And someone paid three thousand dollars for Ewan McGregor's Star Wars Rat Tail. Just a Padawan braid. Show some respect. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Geek Out Podcast, episode 53. We are down to humans. It's going to smell a little less in here, I guess. I don't know. No, maybe it's like the three stinkiest boys in here. I don't know. Could be. Uh, no art today. No Kirsten today. Art is drowning in politics. Kirsten is drowning in paint. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out. Wednesdays at 720 with Dylan and Jason in the morning zone. Hey, I'm DJ Boitano. You can hear me every weekday afternoon doing a show called The Mixtape in the Afternoon Zone. Damn it. <laughs> I thought you were trying on purpose to say Allow myself lots, but... to introduce <laughs> myself. I'm Bubble Cino and I host that show. Nice. After the show. And um, I, oh, because of the smell in here, I always try and really make sure that I shower extra hard and make sure I do deodorant on this day. And do you know what? Right now, I'm using this natural deodorant that's not made as well, and you can't like get the last scrapes of it in the thing. <laughs> so I've gone and got a spoon, and I scoop out the deodorant, and I apply it with the concave part of the spoon. That's kind of amazing, honestly. I gotta use it because it's like it's expensive. Yeah, sure. And I love the smell of it. Sarsaparilla. Mm. You smell like root beer? Yeah. Come here. Yes. Wow. Ah, he smells like root beer. Wow. Isn't that like that root beer? Great. That close yeah. to your armpits. And a little bit of yeah. Yeah, that's root, root beer and man. So then smells. you're going to wash that spoon before you eat your cereal, right? <laughs> I used a special spoon with a different handle that I hope to never use for food again. <laughs> hope. Yes. Yeah. Never eating dinner at your house. <laughs> or breakfast. <laughs> I don't know if I said this is episode 53, but it is. Uh, we record this on Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. Here's one for our fallen comrades to politics and paint. Very nice. Miss you both. Very nice. This week on Buzz Weekly Geek Out, Super Nintendo World. Hey, it's been announced for a while. It was announced in 2015. They've been building it since 2017. But this past week, photos came out, sneaky, zoomy, zoomy photos of a portion of the world. And it's great. It looks like uh, the Mario world, honestly. Yeah, really. Um, did you see the photos, Paul? No. Okay, you talk about Super Nintendo World while I bring up the photos. Well, I hope to see these photos. And... <laughs> Um, I really want it to be good because every other theme park that's not Disneyland sucks, if I can be really honest. I, I haven't been right to here. Harry Potter Land yet. I hope it's good. It looks good, Kirsten I guess. Kristen cried. Kristen cried, but she cries if you just mention that's Harry Potter, very right? True, yeah. Just be like, one of the Weasleys dies, and she just starts bawling, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. I've been to Universal Studios, and those are okay. They just really cash in more on that their roller coasters are really intense and sweet. And oh, yeah, cool. and it's just not done as well. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm looking at these photos. They look okay. So, yeah, so what we see sort of like, it looks like a slice of land. There's grass and dirt, and then you got the moving clouds and the question blocks and the goal pole 
up at the top with the with the little M. Here's sort of the you know the artist's rendering of what it would look like, and that's the portion. That's the goal pole that we see because right. it's the tallest thing in the attraction. So that's why you're seeing it above everything. You know else. what it looks like right now is um, hamburger. You know those sets for like most extreme elimination challenge. That oh we, yeah, yeah, about? yeah. Like the show that you got to run across and then you can get hit, like punched off, and then you hit fall into, into a pit of mud or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of looks like that right now. Yeah, we and, clouds on rails, so those would definitely be something easy to fall off. Yeah. Well, and so the um, the uh, the art there has um, a picture of Peach's castle and Bowser's castle. Oh, whoa! What the hell? Yeah, badass. Hey, black castle. Yeah, that is sweet. The Peach's castle, especially though, is like that's a castle. You know, when you think about the Cinderella castle at Disney World and the Sleeping Beauty and all that stuff, like that's a castle that. I also would love to see built in real life. Totally. The Peach's Castle from N64. Yeah. Mm. So that'd be neat, I guess, to see real and real. There looks to be four major components, two castles, this Yoshi's Adventure ride, and then the Mario Kart experience, which I don't see anywhere in here, but obviously they're, you know, that's, that's two launch rides they're launching with. Allow myself to introduce myself. And uh, so we know those are coming, and then what's going to happen in the castles, who knows? And that's it? That's all this world is? Uh, so far, well, yeah, but, and that's kind of the thing. Like, I didn't cry for Harry Potter <laughs> Land, like Kirsten did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Harry Potter Land was kind of the same thing. You know, you get there's like four or something rides there, and then the rest is just the experience of walking through like Diagon Alley and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, look at this. This isn't a back lot. Like, everything is like Mario colored, and there's like piranha plants and things everywhere. Yeah. And there's there's going to be like these little magnetic bracelets which kind of like the Harry Potter wands will be interactive to the attraction. I don't know how exactly it's going to work. Oh, is that? Hello, everyone. The lunch lady's at reception. Cheryl is at reception. Oh, what? Her name. She has a name? She remembered her name. Did Lauren say Found something? Maybe. Hilarious. Wow. That is so fun. And, like, and here's the thing. <laughs> I've been working at this company... For longer than a lot of my coworkers have been alive, yes. and we have never said the name of the lunch person. It's and it's usually not the lunch lady. It's usually today's company. Today's lunch company is at reception. Today's lunch company is at reception. That's yeah. usually how the page goes. Yeah, I didn't need to hear her name. I no. I wanted today's lunch company. Like the name of the company. Right. That's the little personal touch I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Not the lunch lady, but also not her full given Christian name. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyway, Super Nintendo World will have these bracelets that you'll be able to interact with things, and apparently there are scores. So I don't know if there's a shooting portion in this Yoshi adventure or whatever. <gasps> like duck hunt? May oh, see, that would be amazing. I would love that. Yeah, that but animal so cruelty. Good. Oh, right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> You're sitting on the backs of a bunch of Yoshis. Is that not suffrage oh, enough? So are we feeding a fed horse? <laughs> oh, <laughs> So, anyways, apparently the score. <laughs> so, yeah, the scores that you rack up in Super Nintendo World, you can apparently somehow no details released yet bring back to your console to oh, interface some. I don't know. I don't know. Cool. I don't know. That's kind of cool. Uh, opening spring next year in Osaka, Japan, uh, in advance of the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. And yeah, it'll be very interesting to see first reviews and photos and videos of this place. I am super duper intrigued, and Japan is legit the place that I would want to go. Go, uh, go, my, you gotta go. Yeah. I can't go. I'm so sorry. It's not on my list. 
Like, I've got such a list of places I want to go to, and Japan is just not on there. Not for a long time, so you've got to go. I Okay, then this I like will. It's lower on my list. I want to go. Fair this enough. is increasing my wantingness, but, like, yeah. you my, gotta go! My list... Says Japan. That's all. Like, there's. Then go. Uh, like, you gotta go. I don't travel a lot, but I've been to Disneyland like four times, and Disney World once, and then I've been to Ontario and Hawaii, and like in my life, that's it. But it's been, mostly been Disney things. Yeah. But to go to yeah. a Nintendo thing in Nintendo's motherland, yeah, oh, would love. And then you get to, you know, and then Japan as well is an incredible oh, country huge. as well. Like, right? Absolutely. Like, like go for Culture a couple of weeks and the, the the the. Not shrines. What's the word? Temples and just the scenery and the shopping and just uh, oh man, I like I want some serious culture shock. It'd be it nice. is very fun. I want to go back because the last time I went to Japan was with my in laws and they uh, they booked us all on a uh, Cantonese speaking tour bus. Cool, good for Which a tour you, of Japan. You speak Cantonese? Great. Yeah. I understand a little bit now, but okay. at the time. It was like watching um, a Japanese movie with Chinese subtitles. <laughs> oh, their lips didn't match up to what no, was saying? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh-huh. Was your poor wife just like telling you everything? She was, yeah. Just but like, it was funny because like I was trying to have to catch, trying to catch up mentally with what they were saying. And yeah, my poor wife was, was you know, telling me everything they're saying, but I was getting mentally tired that I would fall asleep on the oh, bus <laughs> like pretty much all the time which wasn't because of the tour or anything just because you're trying the mental just because yeah it's just like it was hurting my brain just yeah. to try to keep up with what was going on to bird's so. eye this if you don't know uh, Brian is Filipino and his wife uh, is, is Chinese and speaks Cantonese so this would yeah. make perfect sense to her Cantonese speaking tour in Japan that's yeah, hilarious was interesting. that's really funny well, well I'm, I'm excited about this I wish this was higher on my list actually because Nintendo has those properties which you know, we've talked about this before. Don't really translate to movies. Mm. They're the most incredible games and the ones that I've grown up with. And I just keep playing over and over and over again. Like I've told you, but I'm now I'm playing Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And I'm just so in love with this world and so happy to be back in it with Zelda and everything. And they've, yeah, these properties that like, they only work for certain things. Video games. And I remember as a kid being like, I remember having this thought, and I said it to my sister. I would like a Super Mario action figure, and it didn't exist at the time. Nope. Now they have them, sure. so I'm glad. And those kind of work. It's a neat. But thing they're to have. pretty rare. It's not the kind of thing you're gonna. There's no, you know, Nintendo section right. of action figures or right. anything that isn't games. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, movies don't work. Narrative shows we yeah. haven't seen. Everyone would love a Zelda TV show. Nope, not happening. Um, I remember being in New York City and I went to the Nintendo store. Oh, how was that? It was really like a, a video game store. Okay, but the one cool thing they did have there was there was this like chest, this life-size big Zelda chest and inside was like the shield and the sword and everything they oh, had made out of dang. whatever, fiberglass or whatever. You couldn't touch it. Oh. But it just looked amazing and it was real life. It was like you felt like you could reach and touch it. And that was a really cool, neat thing experience. So yeah. maybe I have high hopes that that does translate. These things you've seen in the world, mm-hmm. these 3D models that you felt like you've actually interacted with in a video game, if you build them in real life, if you could do a good job of it, it'll be a cool attraction. Nice. That's great. Uh, so we have section. I have a section called Coming Soon. So we're going to talk about four things that are coming soon, but then we're going to talk about the next section, which is coming sooner or later, because those <laughs> aren't as... as uh, but coming soon... As in February 7th, 2020, Birds of Prey got its first full trailer, and uh, they have my attention. Well, that's interesting, because they take basically 
the best part of Suicide Squad, which was Margot Robbie and her performance as Harley Quinn. Yeah. And they put her in her own setting. And uh, Rosie Perez is, is there now, which that pretty much sold me on it. Yeah. You know, and it, it looks interesting. Yeah, it looks like a lot. Kate, when you're pulling up your pants, put the microphone down first. Right? Yeah, down in my pants? <sighs> Well, you turned off your microphone last week just so you could pull up your pants. <laughs> right. <laughs> but now you've got the pants. microphone down where you're crossed, so sorry, I, sorry. we can all be a part of that experience. We're almost like the spoon pants. in your deodorant. <laughs> Stop putting microphones in your pocket. Oh, it's in his pocket oh, right now. Oh, dude. That's, so, yeah. It sounded like, what if my belt was not done? Wow. Jesus. I don't like this bird of prey at all. Why? Shut up, DC. You're awful at everything. This is going to suck, you guys. Oh, this well, is no. going to suck. Okay, but if you had seen this without all the pre-knowledge of uh, mostly every other DC movie sucking, mm-hmm. wouldn't it look intriguing to you? Yes, and ifs and buts and candy and nuts and all put them up your butt. But this is sucks. This, this is sucks. Okay, I'm like, what? What did you just? Say? Even from the trailer too, I can tell it's garb. Even if I hadn't seen. Suicide Squad. This is sucks. I, it's like <laughs> this so is sorry. sucks. Stop of it. <laughs> I like I like Margot Robbie so much, and I, it's great that she enjoys this character enough to come back and try and have a whole movie about it. But like, there's not enough there, and I know the execution is going to be bad. He's, I can't put that out of my head. He's taking his hat off. He's swinging his hat around in his hand as he talks. That's what politicians should do. <laughs> like they should show up with hats. And swing the Canucks swing cap around. around. I feel strongly about yeah, Medicare. No, no, no. I feel you on that because like, I, that's the, the one property that had potential for me when DC was trying to do its thing was Suicide Squad because I like the comic um, run and I like the story that, you know, because, again, it's one of those movies that is – a bunch of villains without a hero, but the whole thing about this is that the villains become the anti-hero. They're, yeah. you know, they right. they they are the ones that are doing the thing for the government and doing these missions because they're so expendable, because they're so despicable, right? And which works in this scenario, yeah. The idea, of and it, so anyway. that was the, that was the one thing that that really sucked about Suicide Squad being so bad was be, or poorly executed, I guess. Not bad. Was was yeah, bad was that they kind of ruined the potential for this. Yeah. So what they're doing here is now they've taken, I guess... The one good thing. The one sort of <laughs> positive thing about the reviews, which was Margot Robbie's performance and trying to put that in her own movie. But yeah, I, I totally feel you in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably... <laughs> pro- I'm not going to have high, high hopes for it. We're watching The Joker next week. I don't, I'm still not having high, high hopes for it. I And I'm also frustrated, too, that... You know, we talked about how reactionary DC is about stuff. You can tell that this is them being like, uh, we're beating Marvel to an all-girl movie. We've got an all-girl movie. It's about yeah. girls. It's like, so so there were aspects of this trailer, too, that struck me in the same way that the like, girl power go scene in the Avengers Endgame. Uh, right? yeah. Where it's just like, we're just doing this because we're doing it. It's not good we didn't earn this it's not it doesn't, it's like it doesn't mean anything particularly right mm-hmm. you know it's like as much as i'm a thousand percent all for you know it's like inclusion and you know putting uh, women in the spotlight and everything and giving them their own thing i don't think this i don't you know it's like i always think about like that little girl who's gonna grow up and be like i can be a superhero too i don't think she's watching this and being like wow i'm inspired i think she's watching this and saying this is sucks <laughs> <laughs> like it just doesn't look good fair enough
Uh, yeah, yeah writing enough. looks bad too. You know, it's like you can only put in so much crap for Harley Quinn to say. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't work for me. Okay. Well, there's that. We'll find out on February 7th next year. Oh, not I won't. Um, I'm not going. <laughs> everybody but Paul will Just find kidding, out on I'll February go. 7th. I remember dragging you to Suicide Squad, and you're like, in the first 20 minutes, if this uh, this movie sucks, I'm walking into Kubo and the Two Strings down the hall. <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. Kubo and the Two Strings. Very good. Very good. Very good. It's on Netflix now, I think. Go mm-hmm. check it out. So, Stranger Things just finished season three and now they've released a teaser for season four and blinders bud didn't realize why and brian of course well, had yeah. to tell me the reason why this is basically their please don't cancel your subscription trailer yes right. it's uh don't cancel us we're coming back with another one i know disney plus is out in a month but please stick with us yeah please should we all say the art line together what's that how many strange things can happen? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I posted it on the Facebook page. Man, I, I didn't I realize that. he said that so often that we can recite no, he, it back. He said it that one time and we laughed, I think, longer than it took for him to say it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. it's true. I'm it's strange. Yeah, sure. Um, it's so when you're breaking down the teaser, there's not a lot to, to break down because it just really shows the Stranger Things logo in the upside down getting covered by vines and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the the end tagline, we're not in Hawkins anymore. Yeah. And then all of like the, basically the dun, dun, dun. So it's like, do you think this is going to take place in London? Hmm, maybe. Yeah? Yeah, it could oh. be. Maybe there's like a portal or something. I got to hand it to Stranger Things as much as like, I think when... Like season two came out, yeah. I was like, how many strange things can happen? <laughs> um, and I was like all for just like do it one and done. But I will hand it to Stranger Things. They have, as much as they've kept kind of going back to the same well and just kind of drawing out the things they introduced in season one, mm-hmm. they are finding ways to keep it fresh and enjoyable with these things that we love about it. Um, so I'll, I'll hats off. I it's like you get a base every season, kind of as it comes now. Yep. Your judgment for this show. Although I, mean, I still haven't finished even season three. Kirsten, if you're watching this while you're, you're painting or listening to this, fuck you, dude, because you ruined it for me in that podcast. That oh time. no, so that's why I haven't finished it. Dang. So fuck you, and you can answer to Netflix when I cancel. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work great. That's a good plan. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good she ruined. Oh uh, yeah, she ruined that part. Oh I remember. my god, did she? So we had one trailer for Terminator Dark Fate, which I absolutely loved. It had that great cover of Bjork's Hunter, a great introduction to this new Terminator that has the uh, the metal endoskeleton and the mimetic poly alloy over top, can split up and basically be two Terminators. I love saying mimetic poly alloy. He just loves it. He says it every podcast. He just <laughs> loves it. He knows the name of it and he says it all the time. It's accurate. Every single one. Hyper alloy combat How many chassis? podcasts in a row? Mary Harrison, write us. How many times in a row, how many pods in a row has Boymeister Bud said poly how many times we're going to call you Polymeister Bot over here from now on? Polyamorous man, And then the second trailer came out, and I, I kind of lost a bit of faith. Like, I kind of crumbled a little bit on, eh, you know, like, what I am loving the potential of in this movie is Gabriel Luna. I, I cannot wait to see his performance in this because. He's a small in stature guy, which was just like Robert Patrick as the T-1000 in Terminator 2. So going to be generally unassuming, going to have a great infiltrator mode. And um, 
but it just the second one got so cheesy and they made Linda Hamilton say I'll be back and ah. so then we got this two and a half minute uh, Spanish dominant trailer a couple days ago and I'm back on the hype train <laughs> it's quite a roller coaster to ride along with you, but I know. In your excitement. You immediately called me out on it, which I thought was funny. Back to hype, I said. Because <laughs> um, I, I think I'm more enjoying your reaction. Oh, shut up. And I'm like more like hitched my star onto your wagon oh, of this movie. Like I, I'm like, okay, great. Terminator, Terminator or not. I don't That's care. Why I want to go to this thing. I want to go with Bud. Yeah. I want to go. He loves no. it so much. And then he'll have him stand up in the theater and go, Numeric Polyamory! <laughs> Did you say pneumatic? I don't know. It's mimetic, like it mimes. It's mimetic. A, yeah. Mimetic. I thought it was pneumatic. Oh my god! <laughs> so this trailer opens with <laughs> our, Back to hype. our little hero Danny, our new John Connor, uh, living her nice quiet life, and then the the, the little electro ball that drops uh, whatever model of Terminator this one is going to be, and um, this the uh, time travel ball. The time travel ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah which. Uh, um, and then, you know, and then he shows, he, you know, knock, knock, knock on the door. This was a great scene. The, the dad opens the door and, um, what's he say? Cincuentra Daniela Ramos. And it's just, it's just so matter of fact, so cold. So like, do you remember, do you remember the scene from Terminator 2? Are you the legal guardian of John Connor? Like when yeah, he, yeah. when he comes, it's just that kind of great foreshadowing. It's just like, oh, cool. You're dead. Um, because they're just they're playing up their infiltrator mode and they're uh, and they're just trying to find out where this person is and they don't care who gets in the way and the dad probably made one moment of resistance and then ugh, dad's dead and then and then uh, batty Terminator becomes him and goes to the car factory where um, Danny and uh, her her brother Diego work and uh, and it goes from there. Oh, yeah. sorry, I don't and know. And the monkey's name is Boots. <laughs> Just because you heard Diego, Diego? Yes. I gotta say, I was uh, like, what, "What was it? Who's the boss?" I guess the show and Tony Danza yeah. played a character named Tony. Yes, I always, I always wondered why. Why do they do that? The guy who plays oh. the brother Diego, who I know from the trailer, dies in probably the first ten minutes of this film. His character name is Diego. His actor name is Diego. Why do? Why do they do that? Why I like, love it when they do that. It's like if you're undercover. You know, you don't want to accent like somebody calls you by your real name. You want to be like, huh? That's right. There you go. It's like it's on set. If they accidentally, you know, say the actor's name, they can still use the take. Yeah. They had that. Uh, <laughs> I'm they sure had, that happens a lot. Yeah, well, they had a lot that of money in the in office, reshoots. right? In the Did office they? NBC where the like a lot of the more minor characters, well, they went true. with their, yeah. their real first name. I thought that was fascinating. Well, that's really nice. Like Creed yeah. Bratton is Creed Bratton. That's just no. so bizarre. Yeah. Wow, even yeah. his last name too? Wow. Yeah, so bizarre. So cool. Uh, you know, I was pretty hyped for this trailer as well, and I really liked, you know, when Linda Hamilton rolls in. Like, she's pretty badass in this. That was neat to yeah. me. And I don't know. I'm, I want to be hyped for this. I want to be ready for a really fun Terminator movie to put this, hopefully, franchise to bed. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't be a bad thing. You know, just even in you kind of recapping and bird's-eyeing the trailer just now, you mentioned... Terminator 2 like three times you know so I think I'm concerned that that is going to twig my brain while I'm watching it too oh, to put you at Terminator 2 standards that would be a difficult thing to live up to more so just that like I feel like the director is like going to be nudging me the whole time being like hey remember Terminator 2 and we'll be like mm -hmm. yeah dude I do I'm trying to watch a new movie why'd you do this so 
When's this fucking thing out so we can just watch it already and quit saying pneumatic polymamorous? Mimetic polyalloy, November 1st, 2019. Right, okay. I'll be there. Are you ready? Let's get you suited up. Um, we got a trailer? A little teaser. Teaser thing for Avengers Damage Control. This is a VR experience happening in something called The Void, which I know nothing about, but Brian has, uh, talk. Brian, well, no, I've, I've I've only heard of this. Uh, my cousin actually took his family to Disneyland uh, Resort in California, and they have um, the void there, and you can do like a Star Wars uh, mission, like a Star Wars experience. Is that what Star the, Wars: Secrets of the Empire? I believe that. Okay. I believe that is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so, what uh, the void is is it's a fully immersive VR experience, and probably one of the best VR experiences you can actually have. You know. I've I've ever have you ever been to like those malls that actually have like those little VR pods and stuff? What where you sit in and you it looks like you're bouncing like, around yeah, like a roller coaster yeah. thing? I mean, I've looked at those, but it makes you sick. Yeah, I don't have, <laughs> it's because it's I don't have ten bucks to spend to get sick. And it's yeah, yeah it's not good. It's not good VR because I remember going into it in Tawasin Mills and sitting in oh, yeah. in it, and uh, it's like maybe five ten minutes. Oh. Um and I just I couldn't wait for it to be over. I needed oh. to get the headset off because oh. I was like, I'm actually feeling dizzy and it ruined almost the rest of my day. Gross. Was it um, like were you in a spaceship or something? What's the thing? You're in a pod I I think this one is like the one that I chose was like a zombie one. They said like they said it was zombie land. And I was like, oh cool. I get to like be in zombie land. But it's really not zombie land. It was it was kind of dumb. But then the character you're looking through the eyes of is like escaping this mental hospital and zombies are all over the place and you can shoot oh, them. Oh, so it's a lot of jittering, and jumping, and bumping. you can move your, mm-hmm. your head, but that's pretty much all you can do. And then everything else is just like, like just like vibrating. A, like a you're sitting in a chair, right? Like D-box and you're sitting thing? in a chair, yeah. It's oh. like it's like D-box, but it's not going properly with the motion. Oh, that's the worst. So that's, that's how you get why motion getting, sickness. Yeah. That disconnect between what you're inner ear is feeling and what your eyes see that has to be locked on and that's the thing with the void so what the void does is they basically have like this space that you're going through it's it's basically like virtual reality meets laser tag right where the space that you're going through is like an actual almost like a warehouse size space and it's like they make they make a course and these courses are programmed to mimic what you're seeing in uh, in virtual reality. That's awesome. So if you're going to go and touch like a wall and it like it's a stone wall and you're in a cave, it's going to feel like a stone wall when you're actually reaching out and touching That's it. That's cool. This is VR the way it should be. Yeah, and if something is like if a door explodes and you're right in front of it, there's, you're wearing this haptic suit that has these vibrations across your chest, and and you'll actually even feel heat in the room and stuff. Oh, like, yeah, that's so cool! It's, it's really cool. So they do, they're doing this thing um, in Disneyland right now, where I believe it is the Star Wars experience, uh, and then the trailer that was just released today that's going to be released on that's going to be opening up on October 18th in the void is called Avengers Damage Control. And so the trailer features Letitia Wright, who plays Shuri in Black Panther, and she's talking about um, uh, recruiting, recruitment, basically. And you're all all the while you're seeing like close-ups of what looks like a Black Panther suit or a, a brand new Black Panther suit. And she's explaining that this is her new prototype that she wants you to try out. Oh, so and then like the camera kind of pans out and what you notice is that it's a vibranium version 
a br- vibranium Wakandan version of the Iron Man suit. That's cool. Yeah, and so and then it's Letitia Wright. It's like a it cuts to Letitia Wright going like, "Are you ready?" or whatever. Yeah. How perfect to have her in that too. That's exactly real. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So I'm thinking October 18th when it comes out, it's also going to be available in Disneyland. I think. So I, I checked. I checked um, the all of the the U.S. Uh, locations: Anaheim, Santa Monica. Uh, Atlanta, Minneapolis, Las Vegas. So Anaheim, Plano, that's Texas, in Disneyland Resort. New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of those on October 18th will have da- damage control. Nice. There are three Canadian locations, West Edmonton Mall, uh, Mississauga, and Toronto, Ontario. Mississauga? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Big province. Um, but they only have Ralph Breaks the Internet and Star Wars Secrets of the Empire. So hopefully maybe they'll get the damage control experience soon. But yeah, October 18th, which is ahead of Kirsten James going down there, um, maybe she should try damage controlling some things. Wow. Yeah. I, I hope this takes off and we get one. Wouldn't it be unreal to have one across in like all major centers oh, across yeah. the country? Like I travel to Vancouver for something like this. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Metro Town or something. Like, mm-hmm. How many escape rooms do we need? Shut some of those down and do this. Shit. Yeah. Honestly. So now to coming sooner or later, Clerks 3. Kirsten's not here. Um, <sighs> yeah, Kirsten's yeah. not here. I'm sorry. She's not here to, to, to be joyous and, and probably cry in happiness <laughs> about it. Um, but cool, Nito. Kevin Smith uh, took a second swipe at making this happen, and uh, it seems it's going to happen. That's all the detail I have. Yeah, I just really wonder about this. Kevin Smith is doing, like, I said, a Kevin smith right now, <laughs> trying to... Good word. You know, put... What's he putting out now? Uh, the reboot. The Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Nah, I don't know, man. Like, you just keep going back to the well of, like, the couple of things that you did 20 years ago that worked. I don't know. I don't... I don't know, I was like, am I supposed to be hyped for this? Like, Clerks 2 was already such a weird experiment and sequel that didn't feel anything like the original. I guess that was the point of it. I don't know. I, You know, I don't know. It's the same thing I kind of feel like. I, I don't hate Kevin Smith or anything, but I kind of feel like uh, when Quentin Tarantino talks about Kill Bill 3, I'm like, I don't care, dude. I mm. just, like, I should feel like, oh, neat. You know, you're spacing out your sequels 10, 20 years apart. You're waiting for the actress to age or something. Like, part of me thinks that's a neat thing to do with but your life's work. that's really not what they're doing, though. No. Because, like, even Eddie Murphy announced that he's doing Beverly Hills Cop 4. Are you kidding so me? So it's like, it's not that they're spacing it out. It's not like this was part of the grand plan of Beverly Hills Cops no, or right. Clerks or, or, well, maybe of Kill Bill because she did plant that seed in, in Volume 1. But... It's not like it's necessarily part of the grand plan. It's just that these things made money in their sequel sell. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Can I just say... What is that? That's Axel F. by Harold Faltermeyer. It's the Beverly Hills Cop. to Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, cool. Very synthesizer-based. Yeah. Oh, right. That was my favorite part of uh, was it Monsters vs. Aliens or what was it? Was it Monsters vs. Aliens? The, the DreamWorks uh, thing. And oh, the, oh, did they throw that in yeah, there? Yeah, because oh, the president geez. wanted to communicate with the aliens, so he started playing that. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind oh. thing, and he had a keyboard, and then he started playing. Uh, uh, which is what you do. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Very funny. Any more on Clerks 3? 
Now, yay. Okay, well, not yay, but it's like we can't contribute. Like, Kirsten, Kirsten come talk about this next week. That'll be great. Netflix has renewed Love, Death, and Robots for a second season. No release date on that yet. Neato. Quite. Yeah, that is. Uh, but you, you did what now? I kind of started rewatching it last night at eleven thirty and watched. I think all but four of them. Wow. You went, <laughs> you're up till one thirty in the morning. Yeah. It was great though. It was fun to to go through that again. Hmm. I watched the the first run just once, except I watched a couple of them twice. Uh, and I think there's there's eighteen of them, and they're all you know twenty minutes or less, and. There's just some. There's just some great stuff in there. I would have mm-hmm. probably just watched my favorite ones because <laughs> yeah. there were some that were a little bit of a slog. Well, and that's why I skipped a few yeah. of them, definitely. And who do we have? It is there was a name Jennifer U. Nelson. Uh, she'll be the supervising director on all the upcoming episodes. But each of the the episodes are, are directed by uh, by their own by their own director. But like we had Tim Miller as sort of the supervising director of the first set. Got Jennifer U. Nelson as the uh, supervisor director. Of the I wonder if they're going to do something similar to Love Death. Well, like I, I wonder if they're going to redo like the Animatrix to get uh, ready for the next uh, Matrix sequel. Oh, interesting. Now, do you mean update it or like do new chapters? No, do new chapters. See, that would be great. The Animatrix. Like, that was ugh. Love Death and Robots. Obviously, reminds me of the Animatrix. Huge, right? Yeah. Um, Various short stories of different animation styles, all. Surrounding a, a common theme. Absolutely. Well, I think I enjoyed the Animatrix almost more than than the actual sequels. Like when when I look back at, it, I think I was very fully immersed in like the sequels when I was like back in in the early two thousands that yeah. I loved the hell out of them. Yep. Um, but when I'm looking back to it, like sometimes all I really want to watch is Final Flight of the Osiris. Oh, or something, yeah. you know? fantastic movie, movie, tiny short film thing. <laughs> Sony is developing a Madam Web Spider-Man universe spinoff. So this will be an interesting thing because we were talking about Spider-Man coming back to the MCU, the whole Sony Marvel deal that may or may not have uh, been instigated by Tom Holland, apparently. Um, We find out he campaigned to the heads of both the studios to to make it happen. Bless you, Tom. Yeah, bless you, Tom. Um, Well, go buy the Sony (laughs) Blu-ray. So that'll be an interesting thing because when we're talking about that deal, so the deal is basically now it's 25% of um, a co-financing deal where Marvel will get 25% profit if they put 25% of the budget in. Yep. Um, and that only accounts for two, basically two movies, like one where Spider-Man shows up in another Marvel movie yep. and then two Sp- Spider-Man 3. Yeah, like uh, yeah, a movie where he's the star and a movie where he's a guest. So now there's been talk about well, maybe that's the deal so th- that maybe that deal was done so that they could effectively write Spider-Man out of the MCU. Oh, you think oh, this is like their exit strategy that's not one just theory. like a bridge to continue hopefully yeah. forever. I think that's one theory is oh. that that's the exit strategy. That's, and not that's like Mystic Brian. But then at the same time though, like this is years and years down the future. Who knows if Sony's going to want to renegotiate, right. or if maybe Apple's going to buy Sony and then oh. Sony, or then Apple gives uh, sell Spider Man back to Disney or Is whatever. That an that I hear that's on the table. Oh my god! Yeah, so that's years down the road, but this could be the effective, um, the most effective ed- exit strategy for Spider Man to be yanked out of the MCU is to introduce Madam Web, right? Because Madam Web is basically this person that 
plays around with the different universes and stuff and uh um is I think I best I, I believe she's like the catalyst for the Spider Verse comic series. Right. I, oh, okay. I believe. That's I, how it was in the nineties cartoon series as I remember as well. Is Madame Webb was yeah. like she's she like like exactly like a web. She's just kind of tinkering with all the different universes, right? right? So that could be a way to pull Tom Holland out of the MCU so he's doing his own Spider Verse stuff with his team of maybe a live action version of Spider Ham <laughs> or Miles <laughs> Morales or whatever. And um, they're doing their own movies now and their own little adventures. Um, so that could be an effective ed- exit strategy. Well, I wouldn't say that effective, but it, it could, could be, be an exit strategy. An exit strategy if they decide to pull them out of the MCU. But that's years down the road. Like, who knows right. what's going to happen, right? It's interesting. I sent this piece of news through earlier this week. It was before, I guess, that I, we knew the Tom Holland deal was done mm-hmm. or the MCU Spider-Man deal. And I said... Uh, Okay, they're going to make a Madam Web movie. They're so it's clearly they're just plowing ahead with some bullshit. Because who wants a Madam Web movie? You guys, come on, Madam Web. Well, mm-hmm. I, I so I didn't know anything about Madam Web beforehand. Read about read about her character, and mm-hmm. I could see her being sort of I don't know the narrator to an adventure where you can focus on different other spider hero things. Yeah. Um, I, I don't not not sure. Kind of like the Watcher like, in the What If the What If series. Sure, right? like, sure. Yeah. yeah, not necessarily the focus, but just sort of your guide. Right. See, I remember, as I said, Madam Web from the '90s Spider-Man cartoon, and it's at that point that that cartoon went off the fucking rails. Uh oh. Mm. Okay, the first like season or whatever, where it's like great classic Spider-Man stories, fighting all his great villains and everything, and we're still there with Spider-Man yeah. in the MCU. Okay, we're still there. There's plenty of rogues galleries still to explore. There's plenty of like you know growing up still to explore for the Spider-Man. There's and that's the golden, really the golden age and the golden stories that we want to see done right on the big screen with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. As soon as you introduce Adam Webb and these like multiverse things. (laughs) I'm Adam Webb. um, As soon as you do that, it's just like it goes off the fucking rails and it becomes a different feeling movie and it becomes too, it's like all over the place and too metaphysical and all this. And it's just like, that's not what I want. It's certainly a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's certainly a different uh, aspect of the universe to have to swallow. I think it worked in Into the Spider-Verse because that was the entire premise of it. But I see that when you're going on a tangible terrestrial crime fighting, you know, villain of the week formula to then blow it out to all these other universes. I could sort of totally see where that would go sideways for you. Yeah, and I just I, I that to me felt like again it's before I knew they had done this deal. It felt like Sony being like, "Well, what else? What we, else do we own because we have Spider Man? We got something yeah. with Spider Dash in the name. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and how can we do this? And it's just no. Again, I don't trust it. We're in this. You know, it's like we're not in this like superhero fatigue so much anymore as we are in this world of just like we know we know the track record now. Mm-hmm. We, it's very very clear who knows what they're doing and who doesn't. And so when Sony says we want to make a Madam Web movie, we're just like, no, fuck you, go away. Marvel good, Sony bad. Yeah, when Marvel's like we want to do Captain Marvel 2 or we want to do anything from Phase 4 that they announced, it's like, okay, interesting. I yeah. don't know so much about this character, but But based trust on your you, pedigree, I'll allow yep, it. That's yeah. right. And you know, it's like, even if I only know a little bit about the character, I'm like, cool, I'm into it. I'm, I'm in. I buy in. Because they've had successes with minor characters before. Sure. Built out into crazy, lovable franchises now. Yeah, they gain credibility is what they've done. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. All Sony is going to do is fuck it up and make a boring idiot movie. <laughs> 
And a semi-related note, the Daily Bugle, uh, it's not even its own YouTube channel. The DailyBugle.net is a website, um, but on the Sony Pictures uh, YouTube, the Daily Bugle itself has been releasing uh, videos on a slightly more regular basis now. So um, some cool, fun, cute, interesting content from the spider world. And uh, go buy the Blu-ray. But this is, again, where I get... (laughs) (laughs) Why is it not, you know? Yeah. And this is where I get cautiously excited because Mm -hmm. there's so much potential with this DailyBugle.net to expand the Marvel Universe, not just the Spider-Man Universe, but the Marvel Universe. Um, But you know it can't happen without, like, this pen and paper ink contract deal between Marvel and Sony. But I would love, I would love if when... Uh, the uh, external or externals, the Eternals <laughs> come out, and if it takes place in New York, there's like a quick shot of like the Daily Bugle.net on a giant TV on a yeah. skyscraper, and then you see J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, there. and then the content on the website ties in. That'd yeah, be but so great. You know that that might not necessarily be able to happen because that includes that's like a Sony person, yeah. you know, coming into the uh, the Marvel universe. Which oh, fucking sucks. You've used that up already. Can't yeah. do it again until we sign another contract. Uh, and now. Geek news, everything else. Sort of a speed round. This is, guys, this is going to be a nice uh, short pod. Um, Ryan Reynolds showed up in Hugh Jackman's hotel room dressed as Deadpool. And I'd love to say this is the first time he's done something like this, but no. No, it's not. So he just gets to have the Deadpool costume. Which is taken home. Honestly, kind of amazing. Who else well, is going to, you know? he's, he's one of the producers, so I technically it is his. It belongs in a museum. Uh, yeah. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Thanks. Um, <laughs> for what? What's he doing? That's kind of neat. Is the it's like we don't need even movies anymore of Deadpool. We just need um, once in a while for him to like zip into our lives and do a funny thing on yeah. the internet. When he's got enough celebrity bromances that he, he could do this, just uh, just appear in in our pop culture yeah. on these ju- just enough to keep him top Which of mind. I think is perfect though sure because that's that's exactly what you want from deadpool he's like the self-aware he's a person the the comic character that is very self-aware and knows that he's a comic character and so if you take those two personas of ryan reynolds and deadpool and kind of put them together in pop culture he's just going to be top of mind enough to that when the next deadpool sequel comes and it's fucking mcu yeah uh, it's going to be huge yeah that's true good call Someone legit paid around three thousand United States dollars for the prop Padawan braid that Ewan McGregor wore in the Star Wars movies. I thought it was his real hair, <laughs> and I'm so stupid <laughs> um, because Hollywood's pretty good. Paul Hollywood does a lot of uh, things that aren't real. That and, would um, take so long to grow out. Yes, and then exactly. Shave everything but the rat tail. <laughs> Oh, you would have looked ugly. Bless your heart for thinking so. Uh, That's great. Well, when I heard someone bid $3,000 for it, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. You're trying to clone Ewan McGregor. (laughs) That makes sense, but you can't do that for the stupid prop rat tail. That's dumb. Uh, Like, who would pay for that? Imagine if that was, like, real and he had to do that. They, like, had to digitally CGI it out of Big Fish and all of his old other shows. (laughs) Moulin Rouge. (laughs) At the time, like, guys, I'm going to be in Star Wars. Don't you know? The greatest movies of all time. (laughs) It's going to be great. He had to know six years in advance to grow his hair that long. It would take that long. Yeah, well, okay. Maybe this is why I wanted to bring this to you guys is if you could have any movie prop, what would it be? Oh my God! That's oh, know, right? any movie prop. I know. Oh yes. man. Okay, I've I'm I'm going to have one. 
Brian, go first. I'm oh, just going well, I'm, through my head. Uh, shoot. Okay, you well, go you, first. You, you, you go probably first, obviously yeah. thought about this. I, well, not really. Um, <laughs> you like the swords, though. So like, I know. I already own the swords, and I'm thinking, like, oh, there are a lot of Lord of the Rings swords, and I don't know that I would get any more enjoyment from having, like, the actual one that, you know, Viggo Mortensen or whoever had in the movie, because they just, they're just swords. They just look like swords. But, you know, and I think a lot of stuff is like that. But maybe something from Lord of the Rings, like maybe the actual one of the prop rings. Oh, that would, would be, be so really, really cool. Sweet. Oh, so you go small. And I'm starting to think like, cool. oh, Iron Man suit. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, um, I know. It's a tough question. I know. It's like you could go huge as well. Like, oh, yeah. yeah I want you want to be like a full-on stormtrooper? Yeah. But I think that like it's something collectible like that is like. Sword is kind of you know what's gonna be you want what's gonna happen is that I'm I'm already gonna have edited this and we're already gonna have posted it. Oh, and you're and gonna think like, of something oh, amazing. I want this. Why did oh. I fucking say that? I know, I know, I know. Okay, well here's the part in the pod where Brian may re-record something on his phone when he thought of something better. Yeah, but for edit, now he's gonna say <laughs> edit what? in here. Think about it, and let's all come back next week and uh, geek out at thepodcast.ca. or what's our website? What? <laughs> Geek out at the zone.fm. It's pretty simple, Paul. It's like the page, join the boop. Yeah. <laughs> join the boop. Who Mimetic, gave you a microphone? Oh Mimetic my God. Join the conversation. Text us. Oh my God. No, wait, you, you can't text, right? Okay. Um, email us on that website. It's on that, not a website. Geekoutatthezone.fm. Go to our Facebook zone and uh, and uh, write it. I want to know what people want. What is the thing? Think about it for a week. We'll here's, here's the Let's great revisit thing. revisit this next week. You've mucked this up so badly <gasps> that I'm glad that we have time between when record and when we drop the episode. So by the time you hear this, I will have something on the Geek Out podcast group, which we need a page for to administer the group. Because Don't give me that. Vain. Nope. And uh, we'll be asking if you could have had any movie prop. What would it be? And then we'll all answer in that one, too. But for now... Specifically made of hair. Gross. What's the, Just what's the prop made of hair you want? But for now, I'm thinking the, um, the, the arm, the, 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 the uh, Terminator arm oh. that, was, that was found in, in T2. Oh, uh, so you would put it in like a case? Yeah. And, and like you have a two-person key system? You have to turn system. the key at the same time to open it up. Wow. Yeah, that one. What's the yeah. skeleton called, bud? It's a hyperalloy combat chassis. <laughs> It's, nice. a, it's, a, it's a metal endoskeleton no, over that's, living that's human tissue. That's right. That's the one. Do you have anything that you can think of now, Brian, or are you just going to wait until... I think I'm going to wait. Okay, that's smart. Don't play your cards too early. Hansel's Blaster. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. Oh, great. Paul's going to be like every other comment on this thing. I know. Well, it's, still the one it's not, it's not going to leave my mind. I know. Paul wants the entire Millennium Falcon. Um, Star Trek Picard news-ish things. Uh, Jonathan Del Arco who was an actor who played a Borg, third of five, later renamed Hugh in iBorg uh, initially, and then I think Descent, he was also in Descent. Um, so he played a Borg that found, he was like separated from the Collective and found his identity again, and then was reintroduced into the Collective and effed everything up for the Borg. It, oh, was, quite a, it was quite a saga. In what, Voyager? I know uh, this is, uh, uh, is that the next year? generation. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he is in... This new Star Trek Picard, along with Jerry Ryan, who played Seven of Nine, uh, tertiary adjunct of Unimatrix Zero One. Uh, and when we saw Seven of Nine for a quick clip in the trailer, she looked super duper human. One little Borgy thing just over her eye. And otherwise, she, otherwise she looks very re-accustomed to society. But Jonathan Del Arco on his Instagram posted a time-lapse video of him getting a head cast. 
a head cast that didn't include his right eye. And when he was initially Hugh in The Next Generation, all of his apparatus didn't include his right eye. Oh. So it's very possible that how he could not have evolved out of Borgness and Jerry Ryan did, I don't know. Mm. But yeah. So you're really going to blow up his head. That's it. What else was you make a head cast for? Sure, sure. They're going to blow up Jonathan Del Arco's head. Hugh will show up in the first episode, and his head will blow up. Thank you, Paul Plastini. <laughs> Let- What's neat, though, is that clearly this Picard show is going to do a better, hopefully better job of like revisiting the you know the kind of the ideas that they had in first contact whereas like the you know it's like the ptsd and the like sustained trauma of yeah. cars and anybody who's been assimilated into the borg um whoever in, like thought up this borg idea for the next Ugh. generation oh my gosh like they get a lot of road and a lot of <sighs> track from what you lay down with this idea yeah the best of both worlds was the the two-parter that you know ended in the summer and then picked up in the fall. And that was like the worst summer of my life because, you know, there was no internet, there were no leaks. And right. so at the end of part one, when, when Jean-Luc Picard has been turned into a Borg and, and uh, Riker, who's been field promoted to captain, decides to fire at the Borg cube. And then we have to wait all summer to find out what happens. Like that affected me. And that oh, yeah. really kind of got me fully into the whole narrative storytelling and everything. And yeah, from that one concept of this heartless, um, hive mind thinking enemy of the Borg. Brilliant stuff, and yeah, lots to draw from. Well, you, was it the same summer as Who Shot Mr. Burns? Because that'd be crazy. No, it wasn't. No, because it was the summer of 1990. And if I'm guessing right now, Who Shot Mr. Burns was the later. summer of 1996. Yeah, yeah, far later. Uh, let's do some reviews and recommendations. Paul and Kirsten saw Ad Astra. First, let me do an impression of Kirsten. I'm so sad that she's not here right now to counterpoint every point I want to make about Ad Astra. Like, I wanted to have a really spirited discussion with her about this movie. And so like, are you going to play both parts now? I'm going to try, okay. yeah. Right. Mostly when I went to go see this movie, because I thought it would be a great movie to review and recommendation. And God bless Kirsten. She just came with me, her and her husband. And... Um, she hated it, I think. Um, oh, did she no. say something to you, Brian? She, she said she really didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. So I knew that she was not enjoying it throughout the movie because she was making snarky comments pretty loudly <laughs> to her husband. And though, as soon as it was over, she started yelling. Oh, jeez. It was so good. She was like, that was a boy movie. That was, a, that was for boys only. Only boys can enjoy that movie. I'm a girl. That's for boys. That's what she yelled. <laughs> Just like that. It was incredible. And so I wonder if that does play into it, if that is really the case about her enjoyment of this movie, is that, um, God, if you don't know, Ad Astra is this movie starring Brad Pitt as an astronaut who needs to go to Neptune uh, to find his dad who is on a spaceship there on this is the furthest humans have ever been out from Earth at Neptune looking for intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. Because once you're at Neptune, you're away from the sun's ionosphere or whatever. I don't know. And his dad was experiment. He had some kind of experimental something, something, right? Right. Antimatter nonsense okay, words. Sure. And <laughs> that was like sending these power surges back across the galaxy or the solar system. And it was like fucking shit up on Earth. And all these oh. people were dying. And they were like, oh, no. Oh. Like, it's going to end civilization oh. if we don't shut this thing down. And so Brad Pitt then has to go on this adventure out to Neptune to, like, stop his dad. Um, so I think maybe 
that that like father son thing is the crux of the movie I think I don't know and so maybe that's what Kirsten was yelling about that she doesn't understand it that's for boys (laughs) (laughs) and to an extent I also was sitting there being like oh I have a good relationship with my father I don't really get this movie either (laughs) right like this is not really doing Uh, a good thing for me um, but otherwise, beyond that, because I think that's like the center of the movie and that's like the emotional core and that's like the message it's trying to get across and all that. But, you know, beyond that, Johnny, her husband and I agreed that there were some really good parts in it. It's said in the like not too distant future. So the spaceships and the suits and everything look like they would in, I don't know, like 50 or 100 years from now in a very mm. realistic timeline from how they look right now. Um, it's got some interesting points to make about like they go to the moon base and the moon is like a dumb, you know, like uh, Las Vegas theme park. And oh, then there's like wow, pirates sure. on the moon and stuff like that. They're trying to like kill them because like it's undisputed territory. So it's like oh, it's got some neat ideas going on. And visually, they're all executed amazingly well. But the movie as a whole, I kind of agree with Carson. Is it like doesn't I don't know if it really works. Um, it's a lot of just like sitting patiently and waiting for anything to happen. Yeah. There's a lot of like just staring at Brad Pitt and I think Brad Pitt the the reason he's getting acclaimed for this performance is that it's a very reserved Brad Pitt. Well, guess what? I like Brad Pitt. I don't want him to be reserved. I want him to be acting. I want him to be doing things. He's fucking cool as hell. Yeah. When I was watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and he's, you know, he's like making quips and he's taking his shirt off and like throwing punches and doing Brad Pitt shit that was my favorite part of that movie I couldn't wait to get back to Brad Pitt this movie the entire movie is Brad Pitt I don't think there's a single scene in this movie where he's not in it Mm. or he can't see him at some point but he's not doing the Brad Pitt stuff that you were talking about no he's just kind of being very reserved chill I am an astronaut but I have to maintain my equilibrium like just very 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 reserved performance so good for him for doing that but that's not what I enjoy about Brad Pitt so that was tough and and then I guess a little spoilery I'll try not to spoil it too hard in case anyone wants to see it um, but like the whole movie, it feels like, is like a case study and an experiment in being disappointed. It's like that's the wow. whole movie. Mm. It's like it builds up and builds up and builds up, and you think like, "Ooh, what's going to be the secret to the mystery?" And then the secret is nothing. There is not. Oh. And then that's it. And so I don't know. I don't know if that's like the point of it or what. It's like it's so artsy fartsy or whatever. But. You know, Brian asked me, like, or said yesterday, like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'll just catch it on Netflix or whatever. And I was just like, I don't really even know if you have to bother. Right. Like, it's like, it's a, like, again, finely crafted movie, great movie and everything, neat ideas, but do you really need to spend whatever it is, two hours with it? It, um, it was interesting. Just, like, watch the trailer, get it, understand, see the cool parts, the cool action shooting parts, <laughs> and then that'd be enough. Seems like some of the cast is like our alumni from other space movies. And Kirsten said you made an interesting comment about Liv Tyler. That's right. Yeah. Liv Tyler is in this movie. Okay. And when's the last time Liv Tyler was in anything? Lord of the Rings. Yep. So it's like her agent comes to her and is like, Liv, I've got an acting part for you. She's like, bup, 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 bup. is it an elf? No, Liv, I'm sorry, it's not. Okay. Is it the girlfriend of an astronaut? That's sad that he's going into space. No, I'm sorry, it's not. Well, 
talk to me when it's one of those two things. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, like because that's all you've seen her in yeah. for the last 30 years or whatever, oh, right? Boy. It's like it's her role in this is so similar to the, her in Armageddon, Armageddon yeah. except it's not dumb Michael Bay action schlock. It's like, you know, it's like psychological Brad Pitt slow burn trail. Like, but, but why would you take this role again? Did they get the Just video chat it? on the screen? Oh man! Yeah, of right? course they did. Oh come on! Of really? course, Jeez. yes, yes. Her, you know, recording oh, a forlorn boy. video to send into space for her husband, who's an astronaut who she misses. Sad, sad, sad. Like, what the hell is Liv Tyler doing in this? Uh, She's not in it very much. Maybe that was part of it. I don't want to act. That's Liv Tyler. I, I just want to be an elf. Does this complete the trifecta of like good-looking dudes in space movies? Like we had Tom Cruise in Oblivion, uh-huh. we had um, Matt Damon in The Martian, uh-huh. and now we have um, uh, Brad Pitt in uh, Ad Astra. You also had George Clooney in Solaris. Was and, it Solaris? Yeah, it's getting yeah. compared to that a little bit. This strikes me more as like oh, Matthew McConaughey and Interstellar. Uh, yeah. I was going to be like, you got the Ocean's Eleven crew who's <laughs> gone into space. This uh, this was much more close to Interstellar. Um, except a more scaled back story, which I thought would be interesting. But That's what Kirsten said. It's like boring. it's like Interstellar, but less smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot less going on for sure. And again, I think that was the point. They wanted it to be a like a, a chill, scaled back version of or something, and tell a different story and tell a different moral. But uh, so but, once again, tune in next week when we get Kirsten James' uh, call on a whole bunch of things. Yeah, yeah. She'll be screaming about this and screaming in excitement for Clerks 3. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Brian, you saw The Dead Don't Die. Is this a, was this a movie or a series? This is the the movie. So we talked about the trailer for this uh, a little while back. It's, is this uh, about the Ironborn? And it's about, a, it's like a zombie comedy. Oh, okay, right, a right. Zom-com. right. <laughs> That's a zomcom. That's the one dead may never die. Oh, okay. oh, I see. Good thank job. you, thank you. <laughs> that only took thirty seconds. Sorry, thank you. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a zomcom uh, featuring Bill Murray and Adam Driver. Oh, right. And it has a oh, huge yeah. The trailer cast. for that looked awesome. Yeah. Movie, not so much. Oh, it could be me. Could be just that I don't understand the director. But that's also those kind of comments that uh, maybe I just don't understand the director. That's also a good indicator. Yeah. Right. Sure. Where it's just like. It was very, like, if you're going in trying to expect a comedy, it's not going to be the kind of comedy that you expect. It's very uh, sure. deadpan. Not even dark. I wouldn't even say dark, because, like, you'd, obviously it's going to be dark because it's a zombie comedy. Yeah. Dry, dry. Dry, deadpan. There are a lot of parts that I don't understand where they they even break the fourth wall. And I don't know if the, maybe this is something that the director has done before the the director is uh, Jim Jarmusch. Okay. Um oh. and maybe he's done this in the past with movies and maybe I just don't I haven't seen a lot of uh a lot of his movies to really fully understand his style, but I didn't get it in in any sort of context <laughs> in this movie. Like cuz there's a part where they so the 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 song the dead don't don't die by Sturgill Simpson it shows up in the opening credits and it shows up a couple times throughout the movie they actually even have an album uh, showing like the the single of that song oh wow and then it comes on on the radio and Bill Murray's like oh this song what is this song and they go on talking about Sturgill Simpson and the dead don't die and Bill Murray's just so fixated on why it, he recognizes the song and then Adam Driver looks at him and is like because it's in the opening credits. 
And then Weird. that's it. And then it, they, they just kind of like they're still silent in the car. And then Weird. it cuts to a different scene. Mm. Like the cast is huge. They've got Danny Glover. Um, they've got Tilda Swinton. Uh, they've got um, Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop is in it. Mm. Um, there's so many people in this. But I don't get it. <laughs> That was really well done. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get, and when the movie ended, I was just like, huh, what the fuck? Um, it's made me a little bit more excited for Zombieland because I know what I'm going to get out of Zombieland. Sure, sure. But I think maybe that's what I, I maybe I made the mistake of expecting something similar to Zombieland. Just I, I knew it was going to be a slower pace. Oh, Zombieland sets a really? high bar. You yeah. expect not yeah, Not like Zombieland, like, oh, cool, it's going to be. You know, a little bit more fast-paced action, but yeah. it'll be like that kind of comedy. Yeah, you know that sort of style of comedy with a zombie apocalypse universe. Interesting, because that's pretty broad, glossy mass audience comedy. That zombie. Life. Yeah, and that's so. maybe that was my mistake. Is was expecting something a little bit more mass appeal. Yeah, but this was very indie. Right, and like not in an enjoyable way, because I oh, love that. Yeah. Like, that's what I got from that trailer. Like that's the vibe I was expecting. Maybe yeah. not fourth wall breaking, mm-hmm. but I was expecting that like deadpan delivery and like super I, like. And I, that's the thing is that it hmm. it maybe would have been better if the jokes landed a little bit more. And they don't, you know, and they don't. Yeah. I didn't, I just didn't I didn't get it. I didn't find it as funny and it was surprisingly too because I, I wanted to see if like maybe I'm crazy maybe I'm just not in the right mindset to watch this movie no. and then yeah when on Rotten Tomatoes like 55% Ooh, like, wow well that's it like critics generally love that type of like scaled back humor that like mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh, very scaled back like you say yeah. very chill not, not hit you over the head kind of thing yeah, yeah they love that type of shit and no the reviews have been awful for this yeah. movie yeah. So not just you, Brian. Well, then there's a lot of things that come out of left field here and that don't really get further, you know, explored very further. And there's a lot of things that happen um, that I don't know if they've left it in, but it feels like a mistake. There's like a severed head at one point and uh, Adam Driver's holding it, but then the head opens its eyes. Like it's like the actor with like maybe a green screen bodysuit or whatever and then the actor doesn't know is like oh no I'm still supposed to be dead oh and, what? yeah so I don't know Whoa. if it's a mistake or if wow. they just leave it in there for you to like find as a little easter egg or whatever mm. it, it was weird Eesh. that's too bad yeah you know I was thinking about the movie Gremlins 2 recently why? well um, a few different reasons but I love that movie do you, lo- do you remember Gremlins 2? no Oh, I must have watched it no. a thousand Gremlins times when I was two. a kid. Yeah, no. oh, I mean, Gremlins I kn- I'm sure I saw it. I knew it was a thing, but I no. It's funny because it just popped into my head as like I was thinking about old movie props, and I was thinking about that. Ah. <laughs> oh, that's oh, cool. the new, the, the cute one. The, right. Yeah, Gizmo. oh, the Mogwai. Giz- Gizmo. Yeah, Gizmo. yeah, yeah. Um. So, anyways, Gremlins Two is an incredible piece of work, and it I think it really holds up as well. It's very interesting. Um. It's and then when you rewatch it, it's like it's got like a ton going on and like there's not a wasted line in it. It's like it's so silly, mm-hmm. um, and this is what is kind of reminding me of it. Is like and they break the fourth wall in this movie too. There's a few different times where they do like totally out of left fields, wacky, insane for comedic effect, but also just like it's like what the fuck is going on in this movie? Yeah, you know, which is so interesting and and um, 
and it works because I think that's the point of Gremlins as well. Yeah. Like the first Gremlins was a pretty like by the book, very basic, you know, it's like a little bit of a horror comedy, yeah. you know, puppet movie. Gremlins 2 expands on it and does like but it does interesting things as a movie. Yep. And that's what I was hoping for a little bit I think from maybe this Dead Don't Die. Yeah. For but it has to work as a whole. And again, if you watch Gremlins 2, it's incredible how well that movie works. Yeah. Well, and, and the the fourth wall breaking in Gremlins 2, like you said, fits because Gremlins are all about chaos, yes. right? So it fits with, it, it's a characteristic thing that, that works with the movie. Whereas, you know, when they break the fourth wall here, it feels almost awkwardly like they they stay on the, the camera kind of stays on these characters mm-hmm. as they're discussing, you know, the script of the movie that they're currently in or whatever. Uh, and it stays on them a little bit too much and to the point where they're just kind of like looking down and they're like, huh, huh, you know? <laughs> like, the fuck, what's the point of doing that, you know? Wow, unless that is the point. But if, if you're doing that for the point of doing it, yeah, yeah, it's got to work in a bunch of other ways too. No. Yeah. If it doesn't. Okay, let me ask you this because it's a zombie movie. Yeah. Is it like, are there scary parts of it? Because that's the other yeah, thing about Gremlins too. Like, as wackadoo as that movie is, there's some scary scenes that are legitimately scary. It's well, there are gory scenes, um, and there are zombie attack scenes, and there's some like disturbing ones where like a zombie attacks a lady and gets up and does something else, and the lady is still writhing in pain on the oh, ground. So it's wow. like kind of disturbing, like yeah. shit, she's suffering, she's not dead yet, yeah. kind of thing. Um, but nothing to the point of like you know when you see. Zombieland, they're still, oh shit, that's how I can't believe that's happening. Right. That's scary. Yeah. There isn't really anything like that. Hmm. You know? It's like kind of the expect it's it's exactly what you would expect out of out of a zombie movie, but a little less scary, maybe a little disturbing because it's gory and stuff, but no. Is there any redeeming quality? Like is it so bad even that I'll watch it and just kind of just be like get a little bit of a jolt from going like, what the fuck, over and over again? I think maybe that's that that could be like if you're listening to this review or if you read the reviews, maybe you'll go in with that expectation and right. enjoy it a little bit more, which is like something that happened that's happened to me where I've read negative reviews going in and it's like, oh, okay, it's not that bad, you know? Um, so maybe I went in with the wrong expectations. Jeez. I can't believe that that's what you have to do these days to be impressed by a movie. Well, yeah. Remember how like stoked we were for that trailer? Yeah, when the trailer came out. Yeah. And that's f- the funny thing is like all of the parts, probably all of the best parts of the movie were in that trailer, but didn't land as well as they did in the trailer. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. What a shame. Yeah. That's nice. too bad. Uh, so it's not geek out at the podcast.ca. It's geek out at the zone.fm if you want to if you want to get in touch with us. Oh, I was close though. Not actually at all. Um, I let's check the mailbag. <laughs> nope. Okay. So uh, email us if you'd like to get in touch, or you may like the page, join the group, rate, review, subscribe. We have a Facebook page where we mostly do our announcements. Facebook group where everybody can uh, can comment on. Just shut up, Paul. Just don't even say. So anything. through all of those avenues where you can get in touch with us again, that's a great homework piece that Paul has assigned to us. Yeah. The the prop that you'd want to take from a movie set. So far I've been, like, I was silent when Paul was, like, doing his review of Ad Astra because I was thinking about it. It was cycling in my mind. <laughs> it went all the way back to, like, the double dragon necklace with the half Holy point. Holy lightning, man. Mm-hmm. Really? Wow. Yeah, so okay. I was, like, starting to think about Lowe's things and, and yeah, and then, but no, I still don't have my set thing yet. So hopefully by the time this airs, you can go to the uh, the pod group 
and uh, put in your, your your wish for the thing. Oh, we have to go to the group? Yes. For that? Oh, okay. Because we, we always get stuff on there that is probably worth mentioning. People chiming in and all that. Yeah, it's true. I should actually not just monitor the um, the email, but I should go to the group. I don't go to the group enough. I'm sorry. Sorry, group. Kirsten James, where can we find you on the internet? The internet. Kirsten Jot James. Art Aronson. Art Aronson on all socials. And Between the Stammers. Between the Stammers. Oh, yeah. This, this is the first time we've heard Between the Stammers mentioned is when I'm imitating Art. It's Hilarious. back firing hot right now because the season started last night, too. So Hockey? Yeah. Sports. Paul Testino. <laughs> Can I mention one thing someone's put on our pod group? Please. Um, uh, Rob posted D20 Twerkomatic Booty Dice Butt Plug. Uh, what? I'm sorry? Yeah, it's from Etsy. It's a. Uh, oh, you so, mean it's not an official butt plug from Disney? Great. <laughs> D- no, not Mighty Ducks 20, bud. D20 is a 20 sided die. Oh, 20 sided die. Yeah, you're thinking sorry, about got, like yeah. D23. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's Mighty Ducks. From Disney. Tw- that's I totally I, got. Okay, sorry. The D20. Mighty Ducks 20 was a real departure for the series. That's for sure. That's, what <laughs> that's a great joke. Anyways, Twerkomatic Booty Dice Butt Plug. So. We need more Pop-O-Matic things. Trouble is really the only Pop-O-Matic dice game you could play. I don't know yeah. why in some, like maybe not on the strip, but just off the strip, more games should be like Pop-O-Matic dice. Well, and they tried to move the Pop-O-Matic to a couple of other games, but I don't Did think they? it was ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it, like commercials for other games that included the Pop-O-Matic dice rolling thing. Oh. But um, yeah, just nothing was ever. I got so lost right now. This came from a butt plug. So the, <laughs> if you look at the product here, it looks like the butt plug on the end of it is a 20-sided Dungeons and Dragons dice inside of a Pop-O-Matic thing that you roll by twerking. But are you Googling this right now? No, I was trying to get into the Facebook group, uh, but I need to log in. And I was like, this is going to get flagged on your account account. if you're Googling butt plugs. it is. Holy, what? No, no, no! Mature adult role play, D&D, gamer top, tabletop. Role play. For rolling dice? Yes. Okay. (laughs) If you say so. Paul Blastine, where can you find you on the internet? The internet. Brian? Uh, Boitano913, Twitter and Instagram, DJ Boitano on Facebook. You know where you find me on the internet is ordering a butt plug. With stop. A stop it. <laughs> I'm Webmeister Butt on all socials. This has been the Geek Out Podcast. Off the rails again. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.